Welcome back. Thank you very much for joining yet another episode of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Freilich podcast. You are about to enter episode number 50. And my guest today is Mallory Griffith of Marengo, Ohio, which is around Delaware in central Ohio. She's been a basketball official since 2007, and uh, she came right out of college to officiate basketball. She was an athlete, a basketball player at Kent State University, and uh, she's about to begin her 16th year of officiating this upcoming season. Now, nine of those years, uh, she was in the Northwest District in Ohio, and the next seven have been dedicated to the Central District. Uh, Mallory has officiated um, in numerous sectional and district games. Uh, She's also had the opportunity to officiate in 11 regional games and also four Final Four state tournament games. So impressive numbers uh, for Mallory Griffith as well. Collegiately as a basketball official, she has worked two GMAC conference tournaments in NCAA Division II, as well as two NCAC conference tournaments in NCAA Division III, and she was also an alternate for the NCAA Division III tournament, so that's uh, good to see that as well. And also in uh, 2022, Mallory was awarded the Ohio High School Athletic Association Official of the Year Award, which is exciting for her too. So I can tell through the interview, uh, her passion runs deep for the game of basketball. And uh, she continues to pursue uh, her time on the floor officiating, which, um, you know, all of us need to do that as well. Hey, remember, I have a new email address this year. So feel free to um, email and ask questions, provide some comments or any suggestions that you might have for future guests as well. That email address is in the show notes of this episode, but it is hsbasketballrefereepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, as you know by now, I hope if you're a frequent listener, but this podcast is sponsored by PQ2 LLC and uh, owner of the company and my good friend Matt Kearns uh, continues to, to support this podcast and I appreciate that very much. Please go to his website at pq dash two.com. If you haven't already, please remember to subscribe to the podcast or follow the podcast, depending on which podcast platform you're utilizing. Once you do that, hopefully you will receive um, notification that there is a new episode on the way. And also, if you get a chance to, I'd appreciate it if you could uh, sponsor, become an official sponsor of the podcast. Uh, you can go to anchor.fm backslash mark-fralick-support. That information is also on the show notes as well. So as always, thank you for taking time to listen. Episode 50 with Mallory Griffith begins right now. Well, welcome to um, a milestone, really, today. And and Mallory, you don't know this, and so I'm going to just kind of surprise you, but this is episode number 50 of the podcast, and so that is kind of a, a nice big deal for me. So I'm, I'm glad, Mallory, that you were able to make some time and be on uh, the podcast for us. Thank you. 
Uh, yeah, absolutely, Mark. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, before we get into our segments, and if you remember, the podcast is broken out into separate segments, just like a basketball game. Uh, for basketball officials, we have our pregame where we get to know the, uh, the, uh, the officials a little bit better. So we'll get to know Mallory a little bit better. And uh, then we have our first quarter, second quarter. We'll take a break for halftime, have our third, fourth quarters, and then we'll have postgame and our five quick decisions. In the meantime, uh, we want to make sure that you understand that our main sponsor for the podcast is PQ2 LLC. If your day job requires engineering thermoplastics, connect with PQ2 LLC and have a thorough, candid, and honest pregame discussion about your next injection molding, extrusion, or blow molded project. Make the right call to PQ2 LLC. That's www.pq-2.com. You can follow or like the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast on both Facebook and Twitter. You'll find all of the episodes, and eventually we're hoping to add some additional content. In the meantime, find the links on the show notes, or you can go ahead and search for the podcast on those social media outlets. As we begin the pregame, again, like I said, we want to make sure that we know a little bit more about our official, Mallory Griffith. And so, um, Mallory, you played college basketball at Kent State University, and, and now you're running up and down the floor as a basketball official Talk to us a little bit, Mallory, about your journey into basketball officiating. Well, um, it actually all started, um, obviously, when I was in college. Um, my college roommate was Val DeRosa, which would be uh, Joe DeRosa's daughter. Wow. And she was um, our manager for our basketball team. And so and she ended up being uh, my college roommate also. And... You know, we'd always um, have, like, family dinners and stuff, and, like, her parents would come up, um, you know, and fix us dinner and stuff like that. And Joe was always in our ear, you know, talking to us players and stuff about, oh, you girls need to get into officiating. We would love to have, you know, former players as officials, blah, blah, blah. You guys know, already know the game. Like, it comes natural to you guys. You know, he's always, he was always in our ears. Plus, too um you know they also had uh officiating camp at kent state diane place uh always had her camps there well as a player you know you ran the camps um and so you got to as a player got to see these officials out there you know out there you know during camp and you know learning three man and learning the, the college mechanics and you know as a player you're just like well oh, great here comes some more uh you know officials out here that don't know what they're talking about or you know whatever <laughs> but you know also too being able to sit there and watch like all the time and effort and and uh all the stuff they put in to becoming an official it's mm-hmm. like wow you know this you know this is a different aspect is you know looking at an official as a player than sitting on the sideline and watching these officials actually you know go through camp and practicing and learning and everything that went into it was kind of it was interesting it intrigued me and then you know i had joe you know of course in my ear you know always <laughs> trying to recruit us you know hey you know come out just try it just try it see what you like just take a class see if you like it if not no big deal so that's kind of how like i kind of got into it he kind of talked me into 
taking a class up there in Akron, and it just basically, I went, I enjoyed it, I loved it, I actually fell in love with it, and it was history after that. Have you had communication with him at all, continuous, uh, continuously since that time, to maybe uh, pick his brain about certain things on officiating? Um, yeah, I have. I have called him. I've, you know, Val's always, you know, kept us in contact and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, Joe always, like, you know, certain state games and stuff. Like, when I was down at Dayton, um, he obviously, you know, caught it on TV and he called me and said, hey, you know, congrats and you look good, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I haven't really quite, you know, asked him too many questions but yeah i mean i've talked to him a couple few times and stuff here and there but you know he's always been so busy too with his own schedule and stuff. sure sure so you take the class and you kind of get into officiating a little bit um this is post-college right uh yeah this is literally right out of college like i literally graduated college and then that next fall i was taking the basketball class Wow. With uh, Keith Walker, I believe, was my instructor up there. Okay. And, yeah, because uh, yeah, cause you're up in that area now. You're you're in central Ohio now. But, um, yeah, for, right after college, you would have been in that area as well in, in northeast mm-hmm. Ohio. Yeah. Um, yep. So when you had uh, the opportunity to do some games, uh, my, my, did, you, did you work junior high? Did you work JV? And how many years did it take you to, to collect a varsity schedule then? Um, so that's, that's uh, actually kind of interesting. Um, because, you know, like I said, I started off up there in Akron. Keith, I mean, Keith, I mean, he get, got us a lot of like your junior high games mm-hmm. and middle school games. And a, I did a lot of rec ball. Mm. Um, so, you know, I started, that's kind of how I started. But what's another thing that's crazy is that I actually ended up getting a job down at Miami of Ohio. And so, I, you know, my first year officiating, you know, I did just like, you know, little bitty ball youth leagues and stuff like that. Well, then my second year, I ended up not even doing anything with my um, officiating license because, you know, I moved down to Miami, Ohio. I, you know, took on a new job. I was in the interim department and, you know, I just didn't have time, my, how my schedule was and stuff like that. But then after that, um, I ended up... Um, moving back to Mansfield to where, you know, Lexington to where I originally grew up. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I, you know, was like, you know what? I enjoyed it, but I'm going to get back into officiating. And um, I had a couple, I don't know, Jerry Ritter um, was probably my biggest connection in like the Mansfield Marion area. And he was, um, I think he was running the MOAC at the time. And, you know, he hooked me up with some uh, JV ball. Then after that, you know, I was able to take my class one test. And, mm-hmm. you know, I still obviously did a couple years with, you know, freshman and JV and sure. stuff. Um, I got some opportunity through uh, uh, Mansfield Temple Christian School, doing some of their boys varsity, which gave me, you know, a lot of court time and sure. seeing different plays, quick, you know, faster, quicker plays, um, officiating some of their boys games. Uh, that's great, and uh, everything just kind of blossomed from there for you. So we are in the pregame section, and uh, I, I imagine that um, <laughs> when you first got into officiating, you heard a lot of pregames, but what goes into a Mallory Griffith pregame in today's game? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, 
I always ask, you know, you know, my partners, have you guys come across anything crazy, weird, anything that you guys were, you know, unsure with, you know, maybe in the past few games or whatever that you want to talk about? Because, um, you know, there is always some kind of crazy stuff that happens in basketball. And if you don't see it every day or, you know, all the time, you you might not know exactly what the rule is. So, you, you know, you're like, oh, wait, you have to, you know, think through it. And it's, you know, you've got three officials out there. So, and two, having the whole official community behind you, you know, you always want to go into the next game and ask, you know, hey, I had this crazy thing. What do you guys think? You know, I, I, I mean, obviously a lot of officials do that all the time. Mm-hmm. So I always try to start off with that. Um, anything crazy. Um, I always, you know, go over positioning. I think that, and you know, the thing is too, is like, I don't think, you know, I don't think that you can go over something too much. Um, you know, I just get thrown into crews. Like I, I tend to, like, I can't say that I don't have an, a set crew because I do in certain conferences, but some of these other conferences, I like to be thrown in with, with different people and, you know, officials that I maybe see once or twice, you know, in a season or something like that. So, you know, I like to go over positioning. I like to talk about, hey, I like to rotate a lot, maybe in the beginning, see what the teams are, you know, going to give us kind of thing. And um, and then, too, you know, I ask my other partners if if I haven't seen these teams, you know, have you seen these teams? What are their tendencies? You know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I always talk about um, the table and stuff, just being aware of, of our clock. Don't always, you know, be trusting the clock. Make sure it stops and starts. You know, every time I put my hand up, I'm always checking the clock. Yeah, and and you know probably I would imagine that your pregame has kind of evolved as well as you meet and hear different pregames on your own. You you might uh, also add additional items to your pregame uh, as the years go by. Correct? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. You uh, learn from your fellow officials. I mean, I'm learning from my fellow officials all the time. You know, so absolutely. Yeah. I was talking with Matt Kearns the other day. Matt is, of course, the owner of our major sponsor, PQ2 LLC. And he was reminding me that, and this goes for every official, the importance of all of us to continue recruiting officials while at the same time, maybe refinding ourselves and understanding why we got into officiating. We know part of the reason we officiate is to help that particular official or to be an example for that student athlete. And of course, to continue to build great relationships. That's kind of the theme you'll find with Matt's company, PQ2. It's been around for a while now, and it's always good to be that business, which helps a particular client that recruits new players and also helps with clients' particular needs. Learn more about PQ2 and see how they can help you by going to pq-2.com or calling Matt at 330-888-9448. You can become an official podcast supporter of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Freilich by visiting anchor.fm backslash mark-freilich backslash support. Find the support link on the show description of this episode or on the description of the podcast on the home section 
of the podcast. Thank you very much. So we enter into our first quarter, and uh, you have had some great success in basketball officiating uh, with your final four state appearances. Uh, real impressive. So talk a little bit to us about um, about progression in basketball fishing, officiating. How did you progress, and what do you think has contributed to um, that success? Um, honestly, Mark, I think I, um, I kind of got lucky, honestly. Um, you know, like, I'm a former player. Um, a lot of officials know who I am just from me playing. And um, so, you know, I have a – so they knew who I was, um, started off with a, a good connection with some of, uh, I guess – veteran officials like John Whitson and Donnie Green, you know, they officiated me in college and the fact that, you know, I'm coming in, I'm brand new. I'm like a deer in the headlights. And, you know, (laughs) these guys are over here talking to me and they're like, Hey, I remember this, you know, I remember you from, you know, playing, you know, you know, they came to a couple of my games. They would tell me, you know, what to work on, what, you know, this or that. So, you know, I guess I could say that I was lucky because, you know, I wasn't just out here trying to find um, a mentor or trying to find my way. They kind of, they kind of helped me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Find my way. So um, in that aspect, um, I guess I was just lucky and I had, you know, some good mentors and, you know, people kind of pushing me in the right directions and, you know, showing me kind of the way and what the do's and the don'ts, um, you know, don't be a high maintenance official, um, Ooh, I like all that, that kind one. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. T- talk a little bit about that. Um, high maintenance official when, when your mentors talk about that, um, what kind of things are they looking at? Do you think? Um, they're, they're kind of looking at your schedules. Um, basically um keeping your your schedules up to date keeping them blocked um try not to you know turn in games so too many games you know i like they understand too is like things do come up and yeah you are gonna have to get off a game but at the same time like do it in a respectful way um communicate with your signer um don't be bugging them and asking them, why am I not getting this top game? Why am I not, you know, why am I not on the the biggest D1 game for boys tonight and blah, 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 you know, that kind of stuff. You know, you just honestly be, be humble, be satisfied with with what they're giving you. Um, You know, their jobs are super, super, I'm sure crazy and intense and trying to find and fill all these games and stuff and just be respectful and just try to keep your your paperwork up to date and everything that needs to be taken care of off yeah. the court, basically. Yeah. And, and you talked about uh, the mentors, some of the mentors that you had, and, and I think that's really critical for young officials coming up and especially knowing that you uh, you were seen in college and, and they know now that you're a basketball official. Talk to us a little bit about uh, uh, we, some of the mentors, their names, you can include their names and really what kind of things did they do specifically to help shape your officiating career? Um, so I, I mean, I, like I said, I was pretty lucky with having quite a few mentors. So, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, I can, I would have to say Tim Carr, um, he's down from like the Cincinnati, but I see a lot of these official, uh, official mentors came from the college level for me Mm. because I, you know, I didn't take too many years until I, you know, everybody was introduced me into, you know, college because that's how I, that's what I was, that's the way I was introduced to officiating first was, you know, I was in college, I was seeing these college camps and I was like, well, yeah, I want to be a college official, you know, I didn't know much about the high school, you know, level or anything like that, but I knew that that's where I wanted to start. Um, obviously at the high school level and then obviously work my way up. But so I would have to say my actual mentors came from the college level. So Tim Carr, I would have to say was probably one of my biggest mentors and probably Lori Franciscan. Um, she's actually out of the Columbus area. Um, so, you know, it was just nice to Tim, Tim would come to Mike some of my games and he'd actually evaluate me and you know, after the game, he'd have this big old long piece of paper and he'd always give me, you know, things that I did well. And then he would always say, here are some of the things that you need to work on. And then, you know, we would talk about them and he would even help me actually with, you know, stating the rules or where to find it in the book. That to me, and honestly, most mentors probably, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of work, but he, I mean, I really, really appreciate Tim for that because, you know, as a young official, that's one of the biggest things is getting into that book and starting to learn those rules and stuff. So, and then also too, allowing me then to go back and into the book and then reading those rules and okay, trying to understand it that way. Yeah. So it was like learning, uh, learning uh, with experiences on the job, right? Yes. Correct. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So uh, you're six foot two, right? Yes. You uh, you might be the tallest official in the state of Ohio. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, honestly, I'm not 100 sure. Maybe, could be. <laughs> maybe if there's somebody else, let us know. But uh, really, I mean, the bottom line though is that um, y- you have to officiate well on the floor, no matter what your height is, obviously. But talk a little bit about how your height has helped, and maybe how you might use that height to your advantage as a basketball official? Um, I would say probably in the uh, girls' side of it, I'm a lot taller than the majority of your girls. I can see over plays, over girls. Um, I tend to want to be on the baseline because I feel like being so tall, I don't have to get that wide view because I'm so tall. I'm already seeing, you know, I'm seeing over, you know, players and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I would say it's an advantage or really anything because, I mean, officiating is officiating. You know, you're looking in certain places and you're always trying to get the angle. So I'm always constantly moving. So, but I don't know, maybe an advantage would be with coaches, maybe, you know, you know, they always say, you know, women that are taller sometimes may be a little intimidating. So, and <laughs> you know, I'm on officiating a boys game or something maybe I might have a little bit of an edge over another female just because I'm taller and I, you know, present myself in a different way. And I'm looking either a coach in in the eye or a coach is looking up at me and, you know, maybe they're not used to that. So maybe that could be an advantage for me. Rule one, section A, article three, in the project management rule book says trusting your business partner gives you the best chance to launch your new plastics, project application. Make PQ2 LLC 
part of your crew on your next thermoplastic resin application. Call 330-888-9448 and ask for our in-house basketball official and owner, Matt Kearns. And we begin our second quarter with Mallory Griffith. And and Mallory, as you look at this season, um, your college season uh, has already kicked into gear with scrimmages. And and I imagine games are coming up here shortly, uh, coming up soon. What are you bringing into this season that maybe you learned last year? I'm not 100% sure on that one. Mm. Um, Like I said before, I would have to say probably just being more organized, um, just trying to keep everything in line with all my different platforms and stuff that each conference is on and stuff like that. Um, So, and, you know, just slowing down. And, you know, that's another thing, too, is like with COVID, COVID made you slow down, you know, with things, like with games and stuff like that. You know, sometimes... um, you get so eager with, with the basketball season coming up and, you know, basketball season, I think is like the longest sport there is. I mean, I think, what is it? Five months. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the beginning, you're so eager to get all these games and, you know, what games am I going to get all that stuff. But then at the same time, like come, you know, end of January, February, you know, your body starts, uh, you know, saying, Hey, saying something different, like, Hey, bud, like you, uh, you took a little bit of, uh, too much on here i think that's another thing as officials is that you need to think about you know self-awareness um basically you know how many games do you really need that need to do in a week um you know probably need to have a rest day um especially as you get older and stuff like that but even with young young officials though too you know sometimes it is nice to have because if you have a a bad game or something sometimes you maybe need that, that that day and then come back to the next game and you know redeem yourself kind of thing so um i guess slowing down would be my um something i'm taking into this season you know maybe not taking on as so many games yeah and you said something interesting um there as well about um just coming in and and not only just slowing down but needing needing time after a real tough game um, to kind of maybe um, look at things a little bit on a different level, maybe look at game film and see um, where you're at uh, in the game that maybe you struggled with. But having that day where you can just kind of, I don't want to say detox, but you can just kind of uh, uh, exhale a little bit from basketball. Um, I'm sure there's been weeks where you've had maybe six, seven games Um during uh, ball games during the week have you have you ever felt like boy i really need to take more than just a day but maybe take uh four or five games a week instead of six seven games a week oh yeah Yeah. absolutely i mean that's kind of like where i'm at now um like you said yeah i could probably call almost every single night of the of the week i mean even sundays i mean colleges you know there's quite a few colleges that play on sundays and if i really truly wanted to you know i could go probably six days a week, seven days a week, you know, cause now some of these high school games are even on Monday nights. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think now that's one of the, you know, as I'm getting older, which I don't like to admit, <laughs> but my body is telling me that I'm getting older. So, um, you know, I have cut back, you know, I, I do take Sunday and Mondays 
um, just for two, yeah, two recovery days, yep. um, just because, you know, normally Saturday I have a college game and, you know, you're running up and down the floor a lot faster and a lot more, you know, cause there's a shot clock, 30 second shot clock, you know, so the, the game is a lot faster. So on Sundays, I do like to take it easy and relax. And then I like to take Mondays because Monday's always the start of a work week. And, you know, Mondays are always kind of crazy for work and all that stuff. So, you know, it just helps me get prepared for the week for work. And then knowing that, you know, probably Tuesday, I'll probably have a high school game. And then, you know, the week starts with my games. Mm-hmm. So. You know, uh, as a 16-year official, um, and like like any official, uh, young young and veteran official, we are bound to make some mistakes during the game. Um, so, give us maybe of an example in, and I know looking back at 16 years is is going to be tough, but maybe uh, give an example of a mistake maybe that you made earlier in your career that was kind of a wake-up call or something that you learned from. And, and that's really for the benefit of the officials listening um, because, you know, all of us have gone through games where big mistakes have happened and and we've had to learn with them and we've had to deal with them during the offseason even. Um, so what are some of the things from the mistakes maybe that have been made that you've learned over the years? Um, huh. So... There's a lot of mistakes. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that, you know, have come, you know, to me during games and stuff like that. It's like, wow. But I think some of my biggest uh, mistakes is not slowing. When, when something big happens in the game, um, whether it is like, you know, technical foul or something happens in the book or the table, um, you know, clock something, you know, those, those times get, you get nervous. Everybody's focusing on you and you're trying to get it fixed and you're trying to do it right. And, you know, you might be rushing through it and you might miss something. Um, I think early on, um, I was always trying to know everything and, I had to know it all because I didn't really want to like, I want to make sure that I knew it completely, but I didn't ask my partners a lot. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make sure I was the official that knew it all, but at the same time, you don't know it all. And when you get in situations, your, your judgment might, you know, be off. Um, you get in, you know, high 10 situations and you start getting nervous and nerves start and you start panicking and you're trying to go really, really fast. And then you're thinking about, you know, you're not thinking everything through. Um, I think uh, not listening or not bringing in my partners or asking, wait, I guess I should say asking the right question yeah. because, you know, slowing down, asking the right question and, um, maybe trying to understand what, you know, what they are trying to say to you kind of thing, I guess. What a great comment that is because it's, it's, it's such the truth because we're out there as a team and, Mm -hmm. and if we're trying to do something on our own, yeah, I mean, uh, some, something will probably suffer and making sure that Mm -hmm. we're also a three team member, you've got two other teams plus us, um, for things to run smoothly, we've got to be able to work together as well. But your comment is great. And that really brings that teamwork to the forefront, doesn't it? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, trusting your partners, yep. you know, that was another thing as a young official was, um, learning to trust my partners. Yep. Um, even though, you know, I come from a, a background of, of a team sport and stuff, but at the same time, you know, it was, I don't know how to explain it. It was so new to me and it was very because it is officiating is a team, but then also too, it's kind of individual too, because you're challenging yourself to go out there and officiate the best game you possibly can. You want to try to be a hundred percent right on all of your calls, which in reality you're not, (laughs) but my biggest thing was trust. Okay. Why didn't my partner call that? But to me, that looked like a foul. Boop. I didn't trust him because, you know, maybe the bat, you know, he, the player turned away from me or something. So I thought it, you know, I was thinking, okay, that had to have been a foul because of the way it looked yeah. as a young official, you know? So I would say, you know, trusting my partner uh, would be one of my biggest things that I truly had to learn as a young official. So you've had some really great high school tournament success. And uh, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, so what are your thoughts or suggestions uh, for officials on how to advance in the tournament? Um, how to advance in the tournament? Mm-hmm. Well, my thing would be, I would say, I think one of the biggest thing that helps for me was that I got to see a lot of different plays. Um, honestly, trying to get out there, trying to see, um, you know, on the boys' side, the girls' side. And, you know, what helped me was, you know, the college level. Um just being able to see different plays, um, being in, putting in different situations, um, working with all kinds of different, you know, officials and stuff like that and learning from those officials. Um, cause you know, every game, you know, whether you've been with that official for 10 games, or this is the first time you've ever worked with that official, you know, you can always learn from, you know, your partners always. Um, so I would say probably my biggest six, why I, I guess my biggest success would be, you know, just having the opportunity to see as many games being out on the floor as much as I possibly could and try to see, um, many different plays. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, you're right. I mean, making sure that we were able to have that experience and the more experience you have, you can apply that to your game. You apply it to your game. You look better on the floor. And, uh, yep, exactly. So, hey, let's take a quick break. We've, we're finished with the first half. We're going to go into halftime. When we come back, we're going to do the third and fourth quarters, followed by the post game and our five quick decisions. We will be right back. Exponential results. Longtime Ohio High School basketball official Matt Kearns is owner of PQ2, an engineering thermoplastics for virtually any engineered application is their expertise. They will help you source the right material for every application, including UL-listed, FDA, and NSF-approved resins. Matt and his team are proud of their best-in-class domestic and international supply relationships. When you need specialty resins, they deliver branded, prime, certified materials from the producer. The industry has changed over the years, but one thing has not and that's PQ2's attention to detail, the quality of their products, and the care for those who use their products. Become better acquainted with PQ2 after browsing through their website at pq-2.com and then let them know 
how they can provide a tailored solution for you. We are back, and in the third quarter, uh, we're in the heart of our preseason association meetings, Mallory. And uh, right now, those meetings continue into the regular season. Um, talk about, in your opinion, what makes a good association meeting and maybe some of the things that you see at the meetings that you attend. You know, I, I have, I attend a lot of different meetings, um, just, you know, with work and stuff like that. So I do attend different association meetings and stuff. I think um, one of the things that I've noticed that makes a good uh, association meeting is getting other officials involved. Um, I know, you know, some officials can be shy and stuff like that, but, you know, having some of these younger officials or, you know, I, I wouldn't know if I'd call them veteran officials, but mid veteran officials, um, get up and speak and talk, you know, maybe present, um, get them, um, involved, um, get them in, you know, looking through the book, help, you know, getting, having that connection with other officials in that meeting instead of just somebody standing up there and, you know, showing a video and then talking, okay, what do you guys think? Or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I think, uh, some of the associations that had like assigned certain things to certain officials or younger officials, I think that's great, you know, getting up there. And because, I mean, think about it where officials were out always, you know, underneath a microscope, we're always, you know, out there in front of people. And you do have to have people skills, you do have to be able to talk to coaches. Um, maybe not so much at the high school level anymore, you know, now that we're away from the coaches, but. You know, you still have to have communication, have that good communication skills. And I feel that, you know, in association meetings, you know, they get up there, they present, you know, they ask questions or, you know, fellow officials ask them questions. So, and I feel that, you know, it just gets everybody else, you know, involved kind of more than just going in there and sitting and listening to somebody talk and showing a video. Right. Yep. And, you know, we we were talking earlier that um, you you've kind of changed your locations uh, throughout your career since officiating. You were in Northeast, uh, you went down to Miami of Ohio, and now you're in Central Ohio. That means you've had to really probably change maybe associations and kind of reestablish yourself a little bit. Um, how tough is that to change areas for for the officials listening that might have had to change um, associations or, or change locations? What can officials do when they when they change to, I guess, market themselves in the, in that new area? Um, I mean, I, it was very hard for me from going from the Northwest district to the central district. I honestly, I think a couple, the first couple of years that I actually belonged and I actually lived in the central district, I was still part of the Northwest um, association. I was still paying my dues. I was still going up there to Mansfield um, to, for my meetings and stuff like that. And then I think I don't know. It was one of the I don't right before basketball season. Jim Barry came to me and said, "Look, look, girl, you gotta you gotta get you know find an association down here in, in the central district and this and that." And you know he, I mean Jim helped me uh, find association and stuff like that, but. I mean, I think it would be very hard for, you know, some officials, but like I said, I, I'm fortunate enough to have 
a lot of connections in yeah. Columbus and I knew a lot of Columbus officials as it is, um, you know, cause being in Mansfield, I still came down towards, you know, Columbus a little bit. So I, you know, I had worked with some Columbus officials and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I just got in contact with them and said, Hey, you know, I'm going to be moving to the central district, you know, who's the signers down here. And, um, so, but like I said, also too, with John and Donnie, you know, Donnie had the Catholic leagues, you know, so I told Donnie, Hey, I'm coming in the central district. He's like, yep, I got you. We'll get you hooked up, you know? So I was lucky in that way. Yeah. And, you know, kind of along the lines of the last two questions that I asked, um, you, like I said, you around, you probably have been around a lot of rookies and a lot of veterans in those association meetings and, and throughout the season, um, and since you've moved around a little bit, first talk about maybe the mix of good and not so good advice that you've received uh, in your last 16 years. And then secondly, how can listening, uh, how can our listening uh, of officials, uh, for, for especially young officials, how can they know the difference in the good advice and the not so good advice? I think the biggest thing is, is, is finding a good mentor. Like really, I know, you know, sometimes it could be, it can be hard because, you know, some of these, some officials don't like to get back or, you know, maybe their schedule doesn't allow them to. Um, but I think trying to, to find a good mentor and then, you know, as a young official, you know, you're, you should be a sponge trying to take everything in, but you know, you take it in, but at the same time, maybe run by your mentor and say, Hey, you know, this happened. And so-and-so, or one of my partners said this to me, um, I, and no, I'm not hundred percent sure that this is good advice or not. What do you think? And two, as an official, you know, you have to trust your gut. I mean, I think a lot of, I mean, I don't know about a lot of officials, but for me, I trust my gut a lot, you know, especially in games. Um, um, you know, some, and I'm not saying to say like all my calls come from my gut, but sometimes like, uh, you know what, that didn't look right, but okay. Something had to happen. Yeah. Let me see. Let me take a better look. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think you kind of have to like trust your gut as an official and basically, uh, you know, get a good mentor and, you know, maybe bounce some of this stuff off of them. And I think that's probably your best way to navigate some of that stuff. This is Matt Kearns, and I'm honored and proud that PQ2 LLC is sponsoring my very good friend and former co-official Mark Fralick and the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. I love plastics manufacturing and making things happen in the world of engineering, resin, distribution, and compounding. But come on, there's nothing like game night. A packed gym, the place is rocking, and we leave the floor knowing our crew gave the players and coaches our best, right? I truly hope you enjoy these podcasts, and thank you for your continued support of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast and PQ2 LLC. Tonight's tip, nobody came to see us officiate, so make sure the kids are the stars on game night. And we begin our fourth quarter, and uh, Mallory, you've been official now for 16 years, as we mentioned, and uh, boy, you've had people yelling and screaming at you for all of those years. <laughs> Can you recall 
um, in any of those years, maybe uh, something that's been the maybe scariest or weirdest thing that's happened to you on the court or maybe even off the court, whether it be with a fan or a coach or a player? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, actually, um, it was, so it was um, one of my regional games at Elida at their um, at their arena up there. You know, we it was it was a battle. I mean, really battle. Um, we had a couple technical fouls in the game. Um, you know, the fans were getting you know rowdy and screaming and yelling, and you know, we had a girl totally this spike the ball off the um, the the wall. Wow. So you know, that was an easy technical. Then we had I think we had another technical on the coach. So you know, it was you know one of those games that it was just crazy, you know, and it being a regional game, you know, you'd like to get through regionals without having technical fouls and (laughs) stuff like that. But we did. And, um, I had someone come with me to the game. So game's over, you know, we did our post games, whatever. And I was with two other guys and I just figured, you know, I'll just, I shower and I'll just, you know, go on out like normal because, you know, it's just me by myself. So normally I, I always finish up before my partners. You know, I shower, I get dressed, you know, and I start to head out and administration says, uh, you're, we're going to, we're all going to walk out together. We had some, uh, some kind of commotion, you know, in the stands. And I was like, okay. He's like, we're going to just escort you guys to your, to your cars. So I was like, okay. All right. Well, mind you, I did come with somebody. So I'm sitting there, I'm waiting on my partners. Well, then as we're going, you know, it was like a game administration and then it was a cop and then it was me and then it was another cop and then it was, you know, my other partner and then it was another cop and I've never been escorted out of a school like that. And I was like, what in the world is going on? So I'm walking through the gym, you know, and they've kind of pretty much cleared it out and I'm looking for um who i came with and i'm like where is she where's she at where's she at (laughs) so finally you know they get us outside um i get to my car and i'm like i came with somebody i need to find them yeah and just as i'm turning around just as i turned around um (laughs) uh she's coming out and there she's like basically circled around like she's like in the middle of a circle of cops (laughs) and i am like what is going on and she's like they were bad mouthing, you know, you officials. And she said, I just said something and, you know, they just came at me and the cops, you know, obviously recognized that I came in with you. Right. And she said it was, it wasn't pretty. Wow. And I was just like, oh, and somebody else come over and they were like, she had your back and all this stuff. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, how crazy is that? You know, it's just, I've never had anything like that. And of course it would be the person I was, I came with that, you know, was in the scuffle kind of, so. Oh, that's too bad. You know, and, and, you know, we hear about a lot of stuff like that, that happens, but when you look at officiating, um, and I had mentioned this in a previous podcast, but there's so many positives uh, about officiating. So talk a little oh, bit, if yeah. you would, about what do you gain from officiating? Um, well, I mean, one of the things that I love about officiating that I absolutely enjoy is that the fact that I get to still, first of all, I get to have a front seat, like literally a front row seat to 
you know, girls basketball, boys basketball, I get to watch these these girls and guys come in as freshmen, and, you know, I get to watch them grow into yeah. phenomenal players, you know, come their junior, senior year. Like, it is, you know, just one of the best things that I enjoy is just being able to sit and watch these players, student athletes, you know, become, you know, fun, you know, great players and, you know, basically um, go out and enjoy the game that they absolutely love. So, yeah. And, and talk a little, you know, we've got a bunch of numbers that are declining in officiating. We all know that, that the numbers are declining. So I've, I've got a question. It's a twofold question. What can all officials do to keep officials active, to keep fellow officials active? And two, what can be done do you think to recruit new officials um i think officials now um just try to you know we all we're all you know just even in this um, podcast we talked about trying to find a mentor and stuff mm-hmm. but as a veteran official you know try to reach out to some of these younger officials too you know because it is hard for being a young official trying to find your way and stuff and you know, as a veteran official, you know, maybe reach out and kind of take them, you know, you make the initiative, you know, and start trying to help some of these young officials and talk to them and take them underneath your wings and, um, you know, kind of show them the way, trying to help them out, make it easier, you know, say, hey, you know, even, you know, pick up a JV game with them, um, or even just go and, you know, try to get them on the JV game that, of the varsity game that you're you're doing um just to be able to sit and watch and you know just try to give back all right what about recruiting anything we can do differently as a as a whole um to help maybe recruit other officials should we be looking at other uh avenues as far as as schools or um um, any other any other avenues that you would recommend maybe that uh that, that states can look at um, I mean, honestly, to tell you the truth, you know, maybe getting, I know colleges have different like classes and stuff and they do some colleges offer, um, like officiating classes or even just, um, getting into officiating for rec ball. I know how state does. Um, I know Kent state did, um, but maybe even starting, um, maybe at the high school level and, you know, with officiating, there's such a stigma, like, oh my gosh, officials are so bad or, you know, officials cost, you know, these players, these games are terrible, that kind of thing. You know, we're always constantly getting yelled at and stuff. Um, I think it's, I think getting out there and trying, I don't know how, how we can do it as an official community, but trying to promote it more at a younger level, um, you know, I don't know, that's, you know, maybe getting into, maybe trying to get into some of these schools or even, you know, too, is maybe get some of these officials into some of these practices, um, you know, right at the beginning. Um, I know at Kent, we had a couple officials come in, talk to us about what, you know, what were the rules, like the emphasis of that year, um, what were like the rule changes and just being able to get to talk to officials and realize that they are just like literally humans. Like, you know what I mean? They are just like how I am as a a student athlete. And I don't know, maybe getting um, some officials into some practices and just talking to you know, some of these players and try to get on, you know, find a level that 
you know, we can all just be on at the same, you know, on the same level and try to, you know, basically make that connection kind of. Maybe Joe DeRosa had the right idea is, yeah. is to really go into the college level and hit the seniors um, as far as, you know, talking to the seniors, both men and women's in basketball about officiating, you know, hit talk to them right before the season starts. And then they have that fresh in their minds after the season's over, they're done with their basketball career. Now they can take up officiating. Maybe that's the way to go. Who knows? Right. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. I agree a hundred percent because even once I got out of, you know, once I was done playing, like, you know, officiating kept me connected into a game that I absolutely loved. I mean, I had, you know, I have love and passion for this game and officiating was a way to stay connected. You know, you know, the thing is, is like, even, even now after 16 years, I get, I still get nervous, Mm -hmm. you know, before a basketball game, like, um, you know, how I used to, when I would play, you know, we get them jitters and stuff. I still get that as an official, um, because I do, I try to challenge myself you know, to go out there and call the best game. I don't care who's out on that floor. You know what? I'm going to go out there. I'm going to give this game my best, and I'm going to challenge myself to do my best, and I'm going to work on, you know, certain things. I'm going to either work on maybe not rotating so much or when I do rotate, you know, maybe not leave my primary yet until I get to the other side of the paint, that kind of stuff. Like, I'm always trying to find something to work on and challenge myself. And so at the same time, you know, it still keeps me like super engaged and, you know, still gives me that, that jitters about, you know, the game and all that. As you've heard in this podcast many times, many officials say that the relationships within the community of basketball officials is a huge reason why they take um, the floor each and every game year after year. PQ2 LLC They bring that same passion that you have in the locker room to every client relationship they've built over the years. PQ2 is proud to be the thermoplastics resins company that dares to be different. Call Matt Kearns at 330-888-9448 and ask what makes PQ2 LLC different. So as we enter into our post-game, uh, Mallory, some of the best parts of officiating, as everybody knows, is that camaraderie, the brotherhood and sisterhood that we develop during uh, during our season. Um, some of us drive to games together. Some of us go to post-game and have a few beverages afterwards. Talk a little bit about that sisterhood and brotherhood that you've been able to develop throughout your 16 years. Oh, absolutely. Um, honestly, I met my best friend in officiating, Molly Moore. Um, she's obviously out of the Northwest District. Yep. Um, she, her and I have become best friends. Um, I remember doing, you know, our very, very first games up in Mansfield together. And I was like, who is this chick? And it was nice <laughs> because, you know, at that time, and honestly, to tell you the truth, the Northwest District, I don't know what it is now, but when I was in the North District, the Northwest District so many years ago, um, I didn't come across a whole lot of female officials. And to be able to come across Molly and, you know, her and I, personalities just clicked. And, you know, right after, you know, after so many games, you know, we're like, hey, let's ride together. It just made it easy. It just made things easier and more calm, I guess, with officiating. I don't know if that's the right word to say, but 
Um, and then, you know, her and I could, you know, we were working together. We were able to say, hey, this play happened to me. What do you think? You know, you know that kind of stuff. So, and then too, you know, we would always go out afterwards, grab, like we'd be in, at Winford or Beesires or something, we'd have to hit up Baker's and, you know, have some pizza and some beers. So, and then talk about the game and, you know, all that. Maybe to even do our post game there. And so, but yeah, it's, it, I've made so many friends and so many connections, even, you know, just through officiating. Yeah, and that's no question. That's always the best part. And uh, we're, we're going to delve into a in game situation, okay? Um, game's tied at 60 and there's five seconds to go in the game. Team A has the inbounds underneath their own basket and they've called timeout. What are you and your partners going to discuss during this timeout? Okay. Well, I know I'm going to say, okay, how many timeouts do each team have? Um, who, you know, I'm going to, we're going to talk about the foul count, who's shooting one-on-one or we in double bonus um, you know, also to maybe even go over the fact of, Hey, let's make sure that it's a foul. Let's not make sure that let's make sure it's not a phantom foul. Um, but also too, we can't let them, you know, we can't miss anything either. We got to make sure we're on it. Um, so, you know, I'm just going to just talk about that kind of stuff. Um, make sure the clock starts, you know, once we, put it inbounds or we, and you know, they toss it, make sure that that clock starts when it's supposed to, um, you know, even checking, even as soon as you blow your whistle on any kind of foul or anything like that, make sure it stops. Um, just stuff like that. Maybe even say, Hey, you know, they're, they had this team tendency has, you know, to shoot the three or, or, you know, they have a big girl inside. Let's make sure we don't miss anything. Cause that's, you know, that's going to be the play that they go to, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, tense situations like this, um, sometimes uh, officials, uh, we, we all recognize what the situation is. What do you do as a basketball official that can help other officials? What do you do to remain calm and focused during some of these like tense situations that we just went over? Um, I do a lot of self-talk. Like, I mean, I know I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of officials do it too, but I do tend to like talk to myself, but I'm also talking to myself. Okay. How much, like, I like to take a peek at the clock, see how much time's on the clock. Um, just to, you know, kind of slow things down. Um, yeah, I just pretty much do a lot of self-talk. Um, just kind of do some breathing and okay, came out, you got to focus here. Let's, all right, what do we got? What do we got going on here? You know, that kind of stuff. When a coach or player acknowledge your effort at the end of a contest, it can make the difference between a fun ride home or one where you're questioning every call you made in total silence. In business, it's no different when the customer values your performance and takes the time to let you know. Visit www dot pq dash two dot com forward slash about to read customer testimonials and then call us at 330-888-9448 to discuss your next plastic application needs never ride home wondering if you made the right call 
And we are in our final segment, and that is the five quick decisions. And so you ready for these? Okay. Okay, here we go. Um, As mentioned uh, in previous podcasts, on occasion, we are fed at basketball games for after the game. Most people, you know, they might bring in hot dogs or pizza or whatever it might be. So um, the question is this, uh, and this includes... um, this includes concession stands. What's the best food that you've had at one of your games? I'd have to say North Union. They're uh, mashed potatoes and noodles. And to Berlin Highland down in Amish country. Those, uh, they pretty much are pretty much the same. So, yeah, they're, they're, uh, mashed potatoes and noodles are phenomenal. They bring them after the game? Um, no, at concession. At or concession? No, actually, no, North Union does bring it in after. If they do have some left over, they do bring some in. Wow, wow. Yeah. Good yeah. homemade food for you for on the go. That's great. Uh-huh. Um, if there is one rule that you could change in high school basketball, what would it be? Um, foul count. Um, so in the women's college game, after every quarter, the team fouls reset. So they get five fouls, um, and then they're shooting two throughout that quarter. But then at the end of the quarter, then um, the fouls re- reset. I think that it would speed up definitely the girls' game at the high school level. Hmm. That's a good one. Uh, from walking on to the basketball floor to walking off the basketball floor at each game you officiate, what is your favorite part of officiating a basketball game? My favorite part, yep. I would say, um, like I talked about before, the fact that I still get the jitters. Yeah. This, I still get that feeling of hype. Like I get myself hyped up like a, like if, if I was playing. So that's probably, I would say, my favorite part. Provide some details on a technical file that you will always remember distributing. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I had just moved back to Mansfield and um, I was, I had it, it was the temp- Mansfield Christian Temple, Temple Mansfield Christian. And um, I, I don't think they're sanctioned by OHSAA, but so it was a boys game. And, um, you know, those, those guys can get up and, you know, dunk the ball and stuff like that. Well, um, guy got up, dunked it, he hung on the rim. You know, I, I teed him. And at before, and I was on the baseline. Well, no, I was C. I was on, I was C. And I was headed over to the table. And before I could even get to the table, um, this, he literally met me and said, You don't know what you're talking about. You're nothing but a dumb, you know, B-I-T-C-H. And oh. I was like, oh, okay, oh. awesome, boom, you're gone, see ya. <laughs> and I think that was probably, like, you know, my two technicals, I think that's the only time I think I've ever seen red when I, you know, as officiating basketball. Because normally I'm pretty laid back. I have given some of the technicals, but they were, like, textbook, like, coach throwing his clipboard down or something like that. But something like, yeah, that was probably my... Wow. My biggest, like, uh, technical. <laughs> and last questions. Recall the funniest thing or something you, that you will always remember about one officiating partner. <laughs> oh, I have so much about Molly Moore. Um, <laughs> like I said, she's my best friend and uh, one of my favorite officials to officiate with. Um she just, she's always cracking me up. She's always making jokes. But for some reason, it is like the ball is, has a, like she has a magnet and that ball finds her every single game. I mean, she gets, I think almost every game that we're in, she gets hit by the ball. 
So we always laugh about that all the time. So, well, this has been painless, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, it's been fun, actually. Good. Well, hey, this has been great. Uh, I hope you have a great season and uh, look forward to seeing you. Hopefully, I'll see you on the basketball floor sometime. But uh, have have a great time. Thanks for being a part of uh, the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. And uh, enjoy. Yeah, thanks Thanks for having me, Mark. I really appreciate it. Um, you too. Enjoy your season. And Hopefully we do get to see each other. And that closes another episode of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Freilich podcast. I want to thank Mallory Griffith for joining me for this hour or so podcast. Um, Hope you're able to take a few good tips out of it uh, as well. And thank you also for listening to the episode. Until next time, have a great day and remember to be inspired daily by reading Mark chapter 1 verse 11.